0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Cloud Wars Live. We are exploring the digital revolution and the remarkable changes taking place in the business world around that. We're delighted to have with us today, Joseph James goes by JJ, the CFO at Apex Capital, which provides financing for the trucking industry and their good customer of Workday. JJ, welcome. Good to see you. Thanks for having me, Bob. It's a pleasure. So, JJ, lots going on in the world today, Uh, your company in the midst of helping, you know, we've heard so much about supply chains and energy usage, you're really in the thick of that. So we'd love to hear a little bit from you about, um, you know, these uh, intense nonstop changes in the world and the role that planning can play. So could you talk to us a little bit about that, JJ, and uh, how that's helped your business be able to be more responsive, more nimble, more successful?
1: Sure, yeah, great question, Bob. I think, you know, it, it certainly has been in front of everyone's mind with uh, the supply chain, certainly is costs rising, freight certainly been a part of that. Uh, and we've been helping those truckers, you know, there's 4 million trucks on the road, roughly in the United States, 3 million of those, what I think a lot of people might not know is about 3 million of those are independent truckers. Those are small uh, business owners that are running those. And uh, long before I got here, we've been supporting those truckers now going over 25 years in uh, providing them the working capital they need so but part of that especially since oh say 2020 when COVID happened again in my career or something like it it changed quickly and being able to respond it um, to those challenges and scenarios and what it means for our business but more importantly for our customers has been something we had to focus on during that time so you got to have the right tech stack to do that the financial and accounting tech stack to do that um, I was fortunate that we got going on it before all that happened, coincidentally, obviously. So, yeah, it's it's been a challenge the last couple of years, for sure.
0: Well, JJ, well, that's wild, though, that 4 million trucks and 3 million of those being the independents. Yeah. So uh, when things come along, like whether it's COVID and new restrictions, uh, regulations they had to follow, but also inflation hits. And, you know, as you said, uh, suddenly, these people seems like the need for what Apex does and how you do it rose even more during that time.
1: Yeah, and, and really, you know we our clients need to be focused on their business, right And not that is not worrying about working capital, It's not worrying about the back office. It's not worrying about those different elements they didn't get in business honestly to do. That's not why they they, they wanted to own their own business, set their own schedule, follow the American dream, which I think trucking is a great example of. Uh, but at the same time, they need a great partner to do that. And that's where we've come in uh, and done a, you know, again, our, our founder, David Baker had this vision of supporting these clients, our, our clients that way in the nineties. And uh, here we are today talking about it. So.
0: Yeah. So JJ with that. Uh, so you've talked about the impact some on the trucks. Now inside your company there at apex capital, you uh, we've heard about the different sort of scenario models that companies like yours have had to go through. So these fast moving, fast changing times have required more and more of that. Um, And from our earlier conversation, one of the things you said was, yes, it's important for you as CFO to be able to look at these different models, but you've said it's even more important that frontline managers within Apex be able to see what's going on as well. So could you talk about the impact then that, um, workday adaptive planning has had within your organization yeah you
1: know i got to you know my 26 year career now or something i've seen uh some bad examples of what i saw cfo's do when i was in that org and saw some good ones and I, i'm I remember the bad ones honestly more maybe it's my personality i'm not sure but uh really what we've had to be able to do is respond quickly and I, i've seen cfos and, and this is a bit of systems um evolution that i've seen in my 26 years has been <clears throat> cfos that in my opinion that did it poorly followed their own kind of interests their own um pet peeves that drove them crazy or whatever it was now certainly things there are table stakes in my role that you've got to be able to manage, and that is working capital, the balance sheet, um, you know, and making sure you can provide for that as your company grows, etc. But there are some nuances where I, I, I saw some CFOs really chase uh, things that I need, need to think they were chasing, and especially as the democratization of information and data has really. Come through our society as a whole. It's it certainly made its way in our in our company. One of the things that we did, and again, I'm very fortunate that you know I came to a company where a culture of curiosity mm-hmm. was embedded here. I didn't have to create that. It's hard to do as one person, but having that in place was a, a keystone that I think had been laid for a long time. But really, what we're able to do with our systems now, back up just a little bit, we put in um, workday. HR, our people team led that effort. Um, We saw a natural progression into the financial side of things. Um, So that's thinking about the general ledger, AP, treasury, all all there, right? Put that in place. Now you have these systems talking to each other. Uh, When I got here, a very tenured team, it put together accounting fintech stack that never was designed to go together. Fortunately, awesome people, they put it in place. They knew how it works, stone cold. But unfortunately, there was just a few people that knew how it worked. So there's a lot of risk, I think, that goes along with that. So fortunately, through our evolution of bringing on work to HR, then going into finance, the natural progression was putting in adaptive, something that I uh, wasn't sure I needed at first. And then as time went on and we stabilized our systems and really saw the benefits of it, we put in adaptive. And now as a CFO, that's honestly where I spend most of my time is those iterations around the business, um, the things I have to do as a CFO. But really, where we're at now, Bob is: How do we get that data to the individual stakeholders? Um, you know, you brought up scenario planning. One of my things I've really worked on um, in in the budgeting and forecasting process is make sure that those stakeholders, whether it's risk or operations or sales, have their voice in it. It cannot it cannot be a finance forecast. That's not what a forecast is. Yeah. The CFO, I own it with everyone but it's not a finance forecast. It's, it's the business's forecast. And so we're able to do that. We're able to parse things out, the sales plan, um, the operational metrics efficiency and all that and make sure our stakeholders have their voice heard and make it in those scenarios. So that's that's what it brings to us. And I'm, I'm very, very happy to have it in place. And so it um, enables us to respond to those things like you talked about with COVID and PPP. You might remember that. Uh, you probably, Bob, you may have talked to people about that. And one of the things that was interesting for us is, um, you know, a lot of your viewers may know this, but that PPP money went, it went fast. It was, it was going in hours, not days. Right. And one of the things we did, and this is, this is all public information. You can look this up. We, we didn't take it. We didn't need it. This is an officer of the company. I had to put my name signed saying, you know, there's solvency or layoffs if we don't have this money. And that just wasn't true. We, through the modeling we did, um, doomsday type modeling of where the economy was headed. We didn't need it even then. Yeah. Um, and of course we're fortunate to respond the way we did and get through it the way we did It the economy overall. But um, very happy to have the systems in place, uh, to do that. So
0: yeah, JJ. You know, one of the things you've hit on there over the last minute or two, describing that was, and it goes back so much to what you said about you can't have this be a modeling system just for the CFO, right? Because yes. that leads to those things where operations has their model and it shows their view, but it doesn't with others and for sales. And so I think, uh, you know, how you've explained this it really came through that this can't be a siloed journey where we'll each have our own view of what's real and what isn't. Right. So again, I think that is so vital in the role your company plays. And again, thinking about those Uh, you know, vast numbers of truckers, they're depending on, you know, Apex's ability to see the world clearly and cleanly and on top of things so that you can deliver the best product over to them. So it sounds like you've been able to consolidate, um, or if not consolidate, at least weave together a view of what modeling and planning is for your entire company, not broken up into these different siloed views of reality.
1: Right, I, I think, and, and your listeners might relate to this, and it certainly was true here. Is you know the experts in the individual lanes um, know their stuff; they just know it, and it can be very um, ethereal when you hear people talk about it in meetings, as even senior management meetings, right? But it doesn't get reduced to writing; it doesn't get reduced to the, a cohesive model that we all nod our head when we look at operations, and we look at sales, and we look at risk. Everyone's like, yep, got it, got it, got it. And now they link to each other. And so we've been fortunate. Again, this is all in somebody's head long before I ever got here. Um, is putting all that together, being able to scenario quickly. It, and again, one of the things I saw from, you know, CFOs I worked for in my career. And some of this evolution of data and the speed at which you can do things. And I Honestly, I think Workday is a great example. Great, great example. That's why we bought it. Um, is you only get so many cuts. I so many bites at the apple when you're doing scenario modeling because so people need to know like now, particularly like PPP, if you had hours. From the time Trump administration announced it to went out, it was literally days and it was gone in hours. And so you only get a couple of cuts at this. And if it takes you, if it's plug and chug in Excel, we've all been there. It's hard to iterate fast. And deep inside me, I'm like, oof, is there is that model rock solid? Is it? Does it linked up right? Is there, you know, it's Excel. It's, I love Excel because it's flexibility, but downside's flexibility. And so all those things have to be there. And when you're unfortunately, our company wasn't in this position, but when as a company you might be facing an existential threat with something like COVID and PPP and supply chain and what it does for you, it's hard just to figure it out right then you're going on a lot of gut instinct, which is, um, not where you want to be, obviously. So yeah, I think uh, we've been fortunate to be able to link all that together and, and be able to serve because you know our goal is not to get in the way of our, our clients when they're growing and uh, being able to respond. You But speaking of stakeholders, I think you brought it up earlier. Important part of that is having the working capital available in the, the banking system. We have great banking partners that help us and are part of our um, company that, you know, I need to be able to go to them and say, this is what this means for our company and there has to be a high level of confidence in it and and you, you you get one cut at that honestly with them um for your own confidence and the confidence of your employees and all that and so we we're fortunate to um predict right and, and be able to serve our clients and and um grow during that time not shrink so
0: J.J., you know, it's funny, uh, I, I had not heard that term before, but I really like that chug and plug, oh. you know, a little bit like, you know, you'll hear different people talk about how, hey, for, you know, years, maybe it was decades, we operated on this notion of spray and pray. Uh, oh, yeah. th- those worked at a certain time in certain industries, and it just seems they are just not possible. And I like how you've said, you know, you get one cut at this, maybe two, but probably yeah. one. So you got to have that Right. Uh, that that's a really interesting perspective. And I think it's one that reflects uh, sort of this very fast paced world that we're in today, one where the data has got to be there that everybody can see, rely on trust and then make decisions on that. Absolutely. So JJ, one of the things that goes along with that too, you know, your company's growing uh, your technology in some ways represents not just uh, a capability that gives you these sort of up to the second real-time data insights, but it's also becomes in some ways part of your culture. Mm. You think that's fair. And so is that, would you talk about that thing with the culture overall, even out to the point when you're doing recruiting and new prospective employees come in and they look around and they see where, you know, where's Apex on this journey to the future. So how does that uh, play into it, JJ?
1: Yeah. I've never seen anything quite like, battle for talent that i'm, I'm seeing now that would have been nice when i came out of college in the late 90s to have to have been uh for these you know i'm the I'm a father of three adult children and <clears throat> i tell them is the thing set now as they're coming out of college and all that you're in a pretty good spot so appreciate it and you know part of that is now you know what we're proud to say here at apex capital we're one of the best places to work in texas number six number one in fort worth we won that That's and nice. have been for a lot of years running and so as a senior managers in the C-suite, my first charge from our CEO and our board is, number one, protect the culture, develop the culture.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and the way we measure that is, are we one of the best places to work in Texas, in, in particularly in Fort Worth? Um, and so that's a good metric. It's a good measurement. Um, and so the way I'm finding we have to be able to do that is in this interview process, it's not a one-way thing. Is this someone that we think is going to be a great? team member here at apex it's they're seeing if uh we're the uh we're the team they want to be a part of and so and you know for a while i thought that's been a younger generation that really did that Uh, and the more i've been through it i'm beginning to think that is now just ubiquitous Mm -hmm. so you know again being a father of three adult children i watched them grow up with tech you know, probably the first generation of the grow generation that grew up with tech. If that makes any sense, I didn't. I didn't grow up with a phone. Or,
0: yeah, you
1: know. but it's, it's been really interesting to watch. They what they see the antiquated systems when they're coming into things that they don't understand even what they are. They've never heard of them. That says a lot, particularly about your priorities and organization. It doesn't mean you're bad people. Doesn't mean your business maybe not profitable. But they're going to wonder about the future. If have you invested um, in in the business? And then they also think, what is, what is it you want for me as a professional, right? Um, you know, but your systems and the investment you've made in those systems says a lot about it, right? If you're living in a world where it's plug and chug, okay, you expect me to be good at plugging and chugging mm-hmm. and be really good at excel. There's, there's some skills you need. I get that. But at the end of the day, where particularly people we want in our organization, the talent we want in our organization, We want the people that want to bring that next level of discernment, their business capabilities to grow the business, not investing in these systems that don't talk, spending all their time, the frustration, those things radiate through a culture. um, And now they just don't have to be that way. Right. Mm -hmm. And and then there's another generation of more experienced uh, professionals that have already been through all that. And they've probably been through some conversions they've been through a workday, uh, installation, um, investment like we've been through. And so they don't want to go, they don't want to be in a retrograde process. They want to, they just don't want to go back. They don't slide back. Right. And so those are the ones that might look at someone like me who hadn't made this investment and say, you know, JJ, I'm not, I'm not sure I'm your guy, mm-hmm. you know, I, no hard feelings, but you're probably looking for someone else. And those are the people exactly who I want. Right. <laughs> so, um, we're proud of that you know we when we go to the market recruiting people we're talking about number one best place to work in fort worth number six in texas the, you know we've never had a, a riff a layoff in the history of this company we've grown this thing up into the right for 26 years now right and so those are the things we're going out to the market because that's and that's my elevator pitch right and part of that is we've invested in the tech right we've we've invested in workday we were one of the smallest companies i'm told did ever put in work day? Two yeah. hundred fifty employees or so when we put it in, and um, now we're now a lot more employees than that. But um, and so those are the type of investments, you know, brand name that they know. And again, they have sat down in interviews with people and showed them the system. This is what we do. This is how it works. How do you think it would work? And I think that's our journey too going forward because we we haven't arrived, right? We're we never arrived, and so you know this particular with adaptive is how do we get these, these reports and these modules and these bespoke reporting? Again, something has been in our culture a long time, but utilize it where it's in real time with our transactions that flow into those reports and get to our um, apexers, our employees. And um, last point I'll make Bob on it is, you know, I sit down uh, holidays and I get to do this, but every month and with a group of new uh, employees, newer employees, and walk them through some of our systems and let them see it, it generates a lot of ideas for me um, generates ideas for things they didn't know we even had the data on and things like that. So and really getting them involved in it is where the ideas come from. Because again, going back to what we said earlier, um, you, you, you've got to democratize this. You've got to get it down to the levels of the organization, particularly frontline leaders are the ones that really run the business and they've, they've got to be aware of it, Bob.
0: J.J., that's, that's great, those perspectives, especially about, you know, protect the culture, yeah. uh, this desire to have those sort of world-class people coming in, number uh, top-rated company to work for in Fort Worth, number six in Texas. Those are very, very impressive. And, you know, I, I love, too, J.J., how you, you know, very proudly and uh, deservedly so talked about 26 years we've been moving up and to the right. Yeah. And the last thing I want to ask you about, JJ, is something with that, right? You know, that everybody's got to be able to, uh, you know, embrace the vision that the company has. And yours has been up and to the right. But at the same time, you know, as a CFO, with the crazy stuff we've seen in the world the last two or three years, you've also got to be able to deploy this planning in some way to say, okay, but what if, you know, other things happen here? So plan for the best, but you've got in some way be able to prepare for the worst, um, could you talk about that in these what-if scenarios and what you've, uh, what Apex has learned from those?
1: Yeah, I think, um, and really it's, it's about collecting, you know, as a CFO, one of the things you've got to do a lot of is a lot of listening and not a lot of talking. That can be hard, you know, generally, particularly in C-suite, you get, to get some personalities that like to talk, uh, be heard, and that's okay. But part of that is, you know, digesting uh, these stories you hear around the business I love talking to our account executives that are client facing. Uh, you know, I'm seeing metrics in the market, initial tender rejection rate, diesel prices. And I see all these things happening and I go model them alone with my my team. Do they sync up with the stories I'm hearing from the account executives who hear the voice of our clients? about where their margins are at and things like that because that really determines our business obviously the healthier the healthier clients you're not going to be more healthy than the healthier clients collectively I don't think that's a mystery and so what we've been able to do you know the unfortunate war in Ukraine what that did to diesel prices the spike there these are things where you're like uh yeah I didn't see that I didn't see that coming mean people line up on a border all they want but I didn't see that coming. and so then you have to respond very quickly because by the time I get back to my desk, I've got people calling me. The lines are lit up, asking me what I think is going to happen to our business, and that's client facing. That's banks and our you know important our lending syndicate. Uh, there's all all those different the board, all that, and so they again all have a sense of where the business is headed. But until you again reduce it to writing, run it through your models, it's very important. I think. One of the things we focused on, Bob, and I, I think your listeners can appreciate this too, is the unit economics of your business are so important. Just that one that one transaction, if you had to reduce it to one transaction, do you understand it stone cold? If one more widget comes through your organization, do you understand how that affects you economically? We're fortunate enough we've modeled that. That's been, again, in people's heads. Probably certainly was in an Excel and things like that. But we'll, what we've had to do is really move that into our systems, right? And let that someone that works for me, she's head of FPNA here, financial planning analysis. You know, we'll we'll be in a room to senior management talking about, hey, she did this last week, Wednesday. Hey, we think the 2023 is gonna look like this. What does that mean? Over to her. Back in a minute, a couple mm-hmm. minutes. And we have a sense of what we think is going to be, particularly with interest rates right now, right, uh, front of everyone's mind, in a recession and all these things. And so knowing that, being able to respond quickly, with confidence, um, and understanding what your assumptions are. You know, I've, I've been in places where we beat our plan and we just move on. Yeah. Um, it's not, why did you beat your plan? If it was a big tailwind, mm, you need to know that, right, because tailwinds always turn into headwinds, don't they? And so um, that's where we're at as business. We're on a journey, to be clear. That's why we go to work day rising and things like that. Those get you jazzed up. Um, you kind of have to calm the team down a little bit and stay focused when they come back from those things. But um, we're, we're, we're excited about the journey we're on. Um, just in, in the culture we built, I you know, spent my whole career believing and hoping there was a company that really believed in culture first had a C-suite of executives who um, believed in that. I'm fortunate to get to come here, that all that was set up before I ever got here. And so uh, it does exist and uh, I'm happy to be a part of it.
0: Uh, JJ, that's great. Uh, Good to hear, uh, you know, more and more companies, I think are getting that, right? I can be very good at the business stuff, but the culture is what's going to sustain it and allow, like in your case, this to uh, Apex Capital move up and to the right for 26 years. And, JJ, before we sign off, any last word, anything you wanted to share?
1: No, Bob, thanks for your time. I appreciate you letting me talk a little bit about it and letting your, uh, your listeners hear a little bit about it and appreciate anybody's feedback they might have for me too. So,
0: Perfect. Well, JJ, thanks so much. Folks, thanks to all of you. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Cloud Wars Live brought to you by our friends at Workday Adaptive Planning. Uh, 2023 is here. I hope it's off to a great start for all of you. and We'll see you again next time.